Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by the New York Times best-selling author of Tom Clancy's Target Acquired and his very own Matt Drake series. Before we continue, we have to thank you for your service to our country. We welcome author Don Bentley. Hey, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. Don, let's go beyond the mic. Your background is intense. Former special agent for the FBI, SWAT (laughs) team member, Army Apache helicopter pilot. You dedicate this book to a fallen hero and his wife, former next-door neighbors in Germany. How did they touch your life? Yes, the the thing about being in the military, one of the magical parts of it is that acquaintances become friends and friends become family. And so our last assignment in the military, I had um, my wife and I had three little kids and uh, Mark and Michaela moved in next to us. And the way it worked in Germany is you lived off post, but they had blocks of housing that was reserved for Americans, if you will. So the whole row of houses were American families. And in um, typical military fashion, we started doing dinner with them. They would come over for holidays. When we um, were getting ready to leave, they let us live in their house and drive their cars and just kind of the normal, what what is normal in the military. But if you're not in the military, you think, how in the world would you let strangers come in and live with us? And they really became family force or with us for a time. And when I left um, the army, my career was ending and Marx was just about uh, kind of in his midpoint. And so he took command of an infantry company there at Hohenfels and deployed with them to Afghanistan and was tragically killed in Afghanistan. And so his his young wife, Michaela, um, not only was trying to deal with what it meant to be a gold star wife, but what it meant to be a gold star wife in Germany, completely cut off from all her, her friends and family and just watching her. They were they weren't high school sweethearts, but they came from the same small town in North Carolina and just watching her live that out with such poise and grace. And as tragic as the story is, it, she ended up staying in Germany and she teaches uh, workshops now on, gra- on grace or on grief management. And she is now um, married to a German guy and has three little boys and named and they named um, their first boy for Mark. They, they named it for his middle name. And so it's just, out of tremendous tragedy, but you still see something beautiful happen out of that. And I, and I originally asked Michaela, I said, Hey, can I dedicate this to Mark? And I had another good friend of mine who was killed in Iraq and I was going to dedicate it for the two of them. And she said, sure. And then as I sat down to write it, I'm like, this isn't just Mark's story. It's Michaela's dedication to, and so I have to put the two of them together on this. Outstanding. Russia invading Ukraine. Come on, Don. You couldn't think of something more original. <laughs> Who would have thought? So a year, believe it or not, a year ago when I when I wrote Hostile Intent, it was uh, not something that, that I thought was going to happen right away. I, I will say that one of the benefits of being in the military is that you are trained to crawl into your adversary's head and view the battlefield um, from their perspective. And so I knew um, Hostile Intent is the third book in my series, and the first two uh, dealt with primarily Middle East-based threats. And so I knew I wanted to do something in Europe. As I said, I was stationed in Europe, um, and I knew I wanted to, sh- to for it to be a bigger book from the standpoint of what some of my favorite books growing up were like Tom Clancy's Red Storm Rising, these epic military thrillers. And I wanted to show a big kind of conventional fight from a bunch of different perspectives. And I thought, Ukraine, that would be a great one. Why don't I do Russia invade Ukraine? And so what I thought was very nifty as a writer a year ago is now um, certainly surreal and, and bittersweet to watch 
uh, what you hoped would just stay fiction now come true. How is Matt Drake you, and how is he not you? Yeah, so I you mentioned my background before, and, and when people ask my wife, she tells them that I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up, which is a lot of uh, a lot of that is is absolutely true. Um, when Without Sanction came out, um, one of the radio uh, interview folks said, are you Matt Drake? And I said, you know, I am absolutely not Matt Drake, but I've stood in the same room with him. And so in between my time in the Army and the FBI and then the last 10 years, I worked for a couple of companies um, and our customers were primarily folks in, in Special Operations Command and, and the intelligence community. I got to know a lot of people like Matt Drake, and I really wanted to show a window into the folks I knew. And the folks I knew had this sense of humor that it was a coping mechanism, kind of a gallows humor to, to deal with some of the horrific things uh, they witnessed in day-to-day life. And, and I wanted um, to bring that into it. And so I, I like to say that Matt's timing is much better than I am. I can't come up with a joke quite as quickly as he can, but there's certainly some of me in that. Um, also heavily influenced by Nelson DeMille's John Corey character, such a great, I remember reading um, Plum Island and then telling my wife, like, I would read a story about John Corey going grocery shopping because he is so funny and it's so, and it's, you know, and it's a little bit different. And the other part I said, there, there are two things that make my books, my books, the humor and the heart and the heart perspective is shown in Matt's relationship with, to his wife, Lila, who he loves dearly and is um, something you don't often see in this genre. But when I lived this life and knew people who lived it, most oftentimes their anchor back into normalcy, into reality is their family and their wife and they love their wife and they love their families. And so I wanted to show that uh, I use a lot of Lila comes from my wife. We were high school sweethearts and been married 25 years and I love her dearly and, and feel grateful to have her in. And then the final part where we overlap and the final part of heart is also Matt's relationship with a guy who goes by his call sign of Frodo, he was a former um, Delta Force assaulter who was detailed to the DIA to be Matt's bodyguard originally and then was injured in a pretty horrific um, explosion and, and now can't fulfill that role, but they're still the best of friends. And one of the magical things about being in the military is you see these people who should have nothing in common, who come from all walks of life, all races, all genders, all beliefs that get formed into one cohesive unit. And if they go to combat together, it's usually forged into something more than that, that approaches, you know, there's, there's a quote in the Bible about David and Jonathan being closer than brothers. And I really feel that way about my friends I served with. And I saw that in this community and I wanted to bring that to my books as well. Author Don Bentley joins us beyond the mic. It's time for the Rocky Nade. Eight random questions answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Favorite base you were ever stationed at? Hohenfels, Germany. It was beautiful out in the countryside there. What's one special thing about your hometown? Well, my hometown now is Round Rock, Texas, and it actually has a round rock in the middle of a creek that used to be used by uh, the wagon trail um, going on the Chisholm Trail. And so you can see the round rock for Round Rock, Texas. Favorite place in Austin to eat? And that's a hard one. Um, when family come in, they always want to go to barbecue. And so we'll go to Cooper's Barbecue because you can usually get in there. I will say I've never stood in line for Franklin's, but I have had Franklin's. And I thought, how much better than could brisket be? It really is better, folks. Franklin's is worth standing in line for. How do you like your coffee? <laughs> I'm not the tough guy coffee drinker. I like as much cream in there as can possibly be tolerated. And so I, I drink it with a little coffee and a whole lot of half and half. I totally agree. 
Favorite place on the Seton Hill campus? Hmm. So the Seton Hill campus is um, sits on top of this little hill, and when you in the wintertime, it's miserable because it's in Pennsylvania and outside of, of Pittsburgh. And I thought, like, who would ever want to come here? And then and I come in the summertime, and it's completely beautiful. And they have uh, the the I think it's the the library there that really looks like something out of Hogwarts. And so you. You come up and you think you're going to meet Harry Potter as you're walking around. Weapon of choice. So I am actually not a, uh, a gun aficionado. And so what I what Matt uses in his books is what I used when I was in the FBI. So I had, um, a at the time, agents were issued Glock 23s. And then once I made SWAT, I had a um, Springfield 1911-45. And so I really like the Glock. It's not as sexy as a lot of the pistols, but it works every time you pull the trigger. Which degree do you treasure more, your BS in electrical and computer engineering or that MFA in writing popular fiction? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that I wrote three books over the course of 17 years that nobody read and, and nobody cared about, and it was a whole lot easier paying the mortgage with a degree in electrical engineering than it was my MFA at the time. Um, I will say that since then, that the MFA was incredibly valuable, but, uh, you know, when people ask me in, in all seriousness, what should I do? Or I have a limited amount of money. Um, the, the writing conferences that are offered now are incredible. And so there's one for thriller writers and thriller fest that Lee child and some other folks founded. And you can, you can at the bar, buy somebody a beer and for the, for the price of a beer to get a master's class in writing. So I can't recommend those highly enough. Do you still have dreams? And or nightmares from your time overseas. <laughs> I do, but not in the not in the uh, in the PTSD manner. What I was an Apache pilot, and so what I dream about most often is I'm sitting on um, the taxiway, about to taxi onto a runway, or I'm coming in on short final, and I look at my kneeboard and I don't have the right frequencies down, and I can't get ahead. <laughs> call the tower and then that one is frequently followed by the i'm in college and i haven't been to class in a while and i'm terrified that the professor has moved uh, the date of the final exam and i missed it and that has no basis in reality none at all if you're enjoying these conversations please check out another beyond the mic episode to find more actors artists and people you need to know we'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the good pods app author don bentley likes more cream than coffee loves barbecue and is and is not like matt drake go get hostile intent at a bookstore near you don thanks for taking the time to talk with us today thank you so much for having me sean and that my friends is a beyond the mic shortcut